What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? Right, 25, you already know what it is. Chill with the craziness. Um, I haven't talked to you in a couple of days. I was going to do a podcast yesterday, but because UFC went on yesterday, I want to uh, give you guys an update of what I thought. I did not get the pay-per-view. You guys already knew my stance. Um, a lot of things have been going on, as you guys know, in the news, but we are going to get into it. Happy Mother's Day. First and foremost, uh, all the mothers, um, it, it, you know, some, some of you know, some of you don't know that I lost my mom when I was uh, 14 years old. Um, my sister, she's a mom. Uh, shout out to Nefertiti. Happy Mother's Day uh, to you. Um, sh- shout out to Landon's mom, uh, Marie. Happy Mother's Day uh, to you as well. Um, my mom's birthday is going to be on uh, May 13th. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, I got a 13 tattooed on my left arm, mostly because of my mom. I got the three outline from my dad. Um, so I just want to wish everybody a uh, happy Mother's Day. Mom, I miss you. I love you. And uh, we're going right to uh, get right into it. All right. First of all, you know, we've had a lot of people passing away. Roy Sigmund and Roy... Um, uh, he uh he passed away due to coronavirus complications, um you know you know we all know him as you know uh, those two magicians, uh you know they're known famous for the you know the White Tiger act, uh so it's very sad. Andre Harrell just passed away. Y'all don't know Andre Harrell, record executive, um you know he he's the one that you know pretty much put Mary J. Blige on the map. Uh, was a four one one. He had the you know, one of the biggest hands in that album. Uh, he worked with P Diddy. Uh, he put P. Diddy on. We want to know P- who P. Diddy is. We're the Andre Harrell. So for those who don't know their hip-hop or music history, definitely need to look into Andre Harrell and find out what he was all about. Um, you know, especially being a, you know, a prominent, powerful African-American uh, exec in the record industry. I mean, that's somebody uh, we all can uh, look up to and uh, aspire to. So uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, I know a lot of y'all who listen to my podcast. I'm sorry. I know a lot of you guys don't follow bodybuilding. I do. Um, I try not to talk about it too much. Uh, but Luke Sando, uh, former uh, uh, British uh, bodybuilding champion, he passed away. Apparently, of uh, suicide. He was 30 years old. Kind of rocked me. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, he does a lot of uh, bodybuilding motivational videos. That was really shocking to me. That he passed away and apparently through suicide. So I don't know what was going on. Like I said, you know, some of these guys, you know, they live this lifestyle where they're posting stuff on social media. You know, you see they're getting a million plus views and we think everything's all right in our life. Um, So, you know, we need to, you know, especially take care of people. You know, the people who seem to have it together the most, those are probably people we need to watch the most compared to the people that we don't. That we know they'll have it together. I know we watch them more closely, but sometimes we need to watch the people that have it together the most and make sure they're actually doing all right. You know, that's why I constantly, you know, you know, would ask people, hey, how you doing? You know, everything seemed great. You still want to make sure that people are doing all right. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it, it was very sad to, uh, to hear about that, about Luke Sando. But the, the major death everyone's talking about is Ahmad Arbery. Uh, he died while he was jogging. Apparently, a couple of guys thought he was somebody else uh, that robbed them. 
and um, that's been the big story. Luke, uh, sorry, LeBron James ended up tweeting about him, saying how you know we need to stop the madness. Jason Whitlock, um, he's uh, he works for Fox Sports, said that LeBron James trying to use his death, uh, um, to, you know, to try to uh, pump up something that needs to be pumped up, and then he doubled down on it. Listen, listen. This is my opinion. I love LeBron James. Everybody knows that. I'm like I said. I'm copping all the sneakers. All right. Listen. I, is LeBron James trying to be the anti Michael Jordan and standing up for social uh, justices? Absolutely. We've had more social justice to me um, injustices over the past ten years than what was going on um, in the nineties. In my personal opinion, I know we, I go. I know my boy Xavier. If you listen to, I know he's going to come up with some crazy facts. Um, so I, I know I'm going to have an argument with Xavier <laughs> later about this, but this is my personal opinion. Um, or, you know, we can make an argument. The media has centralized it more, um, over the past 10 years of social injustices than what was going on in, in, in what was going on with Michael Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. I know about the crack academic in the eighties and we're going to get, we're going to talk about Michael Jordan later, but I, I do want to say this though about, you know, Jason, Burt. like I was sort of upset he came out with it. Came at it, LeBron. What are you trying to say? We all know LeBron's trying to be the anti Michael Jordan. He's he's going to talk about social issues, proving that um, I'm going to talk about social issues, and it's not going to affect my wealth. Michael Jordan, you can make an argument. Michael Jordan didn't want to talk about social issues at that time because it was different at that time, and it didn't want to affect. And he thought it was going to affect his wealth, or maybe Michael Jordan really believed what he said in the podcast, which I sort of think. Cause I think Michael Jordan. You know, borderline sociopath. That's the way I thought about that with Kobe Bryant. He just wanted to be the best basketball player on earth. And that was his main focus. You know, trying to be, the, you know, like I said, we're going to get into more Michael Jordan later about that. So um, I did remember telling Landon several years ago, um, especially after uh, uh, Freddie Gray uh, died, I, you know, and um, I'm sorry, no, sorry. You know, you said somebody, told, I can't even keep, uh, Orlando Castle, when he, uh, uh, when he died in the in the, in the car, when he got shot in his car with his baby in the back when he was with his, his son's mom, I told Landon, um, you know, every time when, when you see the cops landing, don't run, because you know, sir, you know, he's like four or five years old at the time. I was like, when you run, you're gonna get shot. You know, um, you know, I told him that. You know, I know some of y'all think, oh, your son's light, he's got straight hair, light enough to pass this and that. Listen, you look at Landon. Right. Yeah, you know, I won't keep it real because you know I keep it real with you guys. You look at Landon, you know he's not white. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like Derek Jeter, right? You know, he might be light enough to pass, but you know that brother, <laughs> you know Derek Jeter is, you know, is 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 not 100% white, okay? You know, um, you know, Clay Thompson for an example. You know, we all know his father, you know, his father's the famous Michael Thompson. You know, you know, I'm just saying for an example, you know, um no, my son is in that you know, that uh, dichotomy of looking light enough to pass as white, but you know that he's not white. You know, he's in that dichotomy. Um, you know, and as I, I feel, um, you know, I know, you know, I know I'm going to hear some flack about this. This is just how I feel. Everything that has been going on, right? You know, me being African American, looking how I look. I felt it was a responsibility to tell that to my son, you know what I'm saying? Because I look at Landon, you know, I always joke with him, I say he's a light-skinned version of me, 
And, you know, that's how I see Landon. That's how I see my son, whether right or wrong. That's how I see him. Um, I see him as my son. And, you know, and I see how I look, you know, even though he's light, I don't, I don't care. I, you know, you know, you know, straight hair. I don't care. I, that's how I see him. You know, I see him. I see Landon as the same color as I am, believe it or not. That's how I see him because he's my son. You know, saying so I'm not saying delusional. I'm not saying that I wish he was darker. I'm just saying, you know, he's, you know, he, you know, you know, just it's it's, it's just how I see. I feel like it's just, it was my responsibility as a father to let him know the trial and tribulations of the world, and that it's not going to be easy. And he's, you know, he needs to work harder and smarter at the same time. And um, you know, and it's a tragedy uh, what happened to Ahmad Arbery because I go out jogging. At least you know four or five times a week, you know, not you know, and um, you know, I I can't imagine, you know, getting a new, you know, you know, my son getting the news, you know, my brother Yusef, you know, my sister Nefertiti, I couldn't imagine them hearing that I got shot while jogging, you know, so it puts everything in the you know perspective, you know, just because we had a black president doesn't make things oh everything is all. All better now. We've gone past, you know, our racism, you know, and our idea and that ideology of Jim Crow South. We haven't gone past it. We haven't moved past it. I don't know if we'll ever move past it. I hope one day we will. But it's damn 2020, and we da- still damn have it. So I don't know if we ever will. Right? Maybe you know. Maybe the next kids need to do it. It might not even that. It might take another 40, 50 years. Right? Because these guys are still raising our children. <clears throat> so I don't know. It might not ever end. You know. So, you know, it's a damn shame. Um, that's what happened. Um, you know, definitely my controls to the family. Um, but um, I just wanted to, you know, t- talk about that briefly because um, that's been the hot topic. And I felt like I needed to say something about it, especially, you know, being uh, black myself and, uh, you know, being a father. I felt like I needed to say something about that. And uh, you guys know what to do. You know, if you guys want any, want any disagreements or anything like comments, you know how to hit me up. Hit me up on my Twitter, Rock2512, or uh, my Instagram page, you know, Rock2 Fizzle. Hit me, hit me up and, uh, you know, we can have a healthy discussion. All right. Nothing I want to go over because we're going to go over UFC. We're going to go over Michael Jordan later. And we got another thing we're going to go over uh, uh, about Katie Nolan. I'm getting tired of her. But we're going to get, well, first, first I want to go over, you know, Major League Baseball's top 10 uh, baseball players of all time. That was the dumbest, one of the dumbest lists in, in, in the history of lists. Okay. They had 10 Pete Rose, 9 Mariano Rivera, 8 Ricky Henderson, 7 Roger Clemens, 6 Walter Johnson, Five Ted Williams, four Hank Aaron, three Willie Mays, uh, two Barry Bonds, and one Babe Ruth. Listen, okay, look, I lo- I love me some Willie Mays. Willie Mays is 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 not top three of all time. It's and it, it, listen, Hank. And let me tell you about Hank Aaron because y'all don't know about Hank Aaron. If Hank Aaron never hit a home run, he'd still have over three thousand hits. Let me say this again. If Hank Aaron never hit a home run, he still would have over 3,000 hits. And he's number three all-time in the hit list, Hank Aaron. 
People don't realize that. People just think about the 755 home runs. He was more than a home run hitter. When he retired, at the time, he was number three on the all-time hits list, which he still is, right? He has he was the all-time leader in RBIs, all-time leader in at-bats, 305 lifetime batting average. Hank Aaron was a bad dude. And everybody just talked about the home runs. He was more than home runs. You don't get over 3,700 hits in your career right? And you're just a home run hitter. That doesn't happen. 305 lifetime batting average. All right. Stop. All right. Hank Aaron at four. Crazy. Way too low for, for Hank Aaron. Let me see Willie Mays. 660 uh, home runs all time. He was a bad man as well. I got it. Um, you know, there was a couple of seasons. You know, I think Willie Mays should have had a little bit more MVPs. Uh, there's been a couple, few seasons that man was robbed of MVPs. Uh, in my personal opinion. Now, I think Willie Mays played too long. Some people think, I was talk, when we were talking to the, oh, I had an argument. I thought Willie Mays played too long. But remember, these guys weren't making millions of dollars that, you know, that these guys were making. Hank, Hank Aaron in his prime only made like $40,000, right? That was like his highest salary, okay? So these guys weren't making the millions of dollars back in the 70s that they were making now, all right? And the pitchers, sometimes the pitchers got paid first, all right? Um, here's my top 10 of all time. I know I'm going to hear some controversy on this. All right. Um, they had uh, Barry Bonds 2, Babe Ruth 1. Now, listen, we have to remember this about Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was a badass pitcher, right? He still got some pitching records in Major League Baseball that still stand today. All right. I think he's the all-time leader in wins in September. Some obscure number. Still, Babe Ruth was a pretty darn good pitcher. All right. Um, he probably could have been in the Hall of Fame. As a pitcher, okay. Um, Babe Ruth also uh, all-time leader in slugging percentage, okay. So I could definitely understand um, Babe Ruth one because people forget he was a pitcher. Now, if you're not looking at Babe Ruth as a pitcher, okay, I definitely um, understand where you're coming from. Why is uh, you know, you know, I mean, is Babe was Babe Ruth really that? Yeah, Babe Ruth was really that great, okay. So I have no problem with Babe Ruth one. Actually, to me, uh, Babe Ruth. Um, is one uh, on my list as well. Now, if he didn't hit, if he wasn't a pitcher, I mean, Babe Ruth didn't get 3,000 hits, but if Babe Ruth never pitched, um, Babe Ruth would have had uh, over 3,000 hits. All right. Um, like I said, Babe Ruth was a bad man. But one year, Babe Ruth led the league in ERA. He had a 1.75 ERA um, in 1916. And, and Boston Red Sox won about uh, one of the, one of the like uh, their first few World Series, they won with Babe Ruth. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth had a er at a career ERA under two point two eight. He even pitched for the Yankees a couple of times, uh, all right, and he won both of those games. And in one season, Babe Ruth had nine shutouts, and he led the league in Major League Baseball. All right, so Babe Ruth was a pretty darn good uh, pitcher. All right, he almost had a hundred wins. In pitching alone, okay. So I really, so like I said, don't have a problem with Babe Ruth being number one. Barry Bonds two, one and two, I have no issue with. Listen, yo, Barry Bonds was a bad man, and you know, um, I like I said, I have no problem. Barry Bonds over five hundred home runs, over five hundred stolen bases. All right, he's the only Major League Baseball player uh, that can say that. And I, and you know, and Barry Bonds. The last two years, he had 26 home runs, 28 home runs. He pretty much did that on one leg, all right, and still had a crazy on-base percentage uh, as well. 
Barry Bonds led the league in on base percentage, uh, you know, for many years. Look, Barry Bonds was what Mike Trout and uh, Bryce Harper are today, just without the strikeouts. That's who, that's who Barry Bonds is. The game, the baseball game now for hitters is home run, strikeout, walk. Babe Run, I'm sorry, Barry Bonds was home run, walk. Okay, all, that's all that brother did. Home run and walk led the league in uh, walks five years in a row. Only year he didn't. Uh, the year he got injured in, in two thousand five, he, he still could have led the league in walks. And, you know, and in his la- in two thousand seven, he still batted two seventy six, four eighty on base percentage. Are you kidding me? At age forty two years old, six oh seven slugging percentage. Okay, uh, for his career, all-time leader on walks, obviously all-time leader on home runs, seven-time MVP. They're going to say steroids, this and that. Listen, steroids don't help with, with your eye-hand, eye-hand coordination. Okay, listen, Barry Bonds led the league and and well, he didn't lead, I'm sorry, he didn't lead the league in home, uh, home runs, but he was, when the year is MVP, 2004, he had 45 home runs, 41 strikeouts. Let me say this again. I don't think you guys heard what I said. 45 home runs, 41 strikeouts. Okay? He only struck 41 times the whole year with 45 home runs. Are you kidding me? That's a crazy stat. And he had 232 walks, 362 batting average, 609 on base percentage. Did you hear that? 609, he was on base 60%. Of the time, listen. If Barry, I'm sorry, Barry Bonds was a walk as much. He has way over three thousand hits. He only had two thousand nine hundred thirty-five career hits. All right, Barry Bonds was the scariest hitter in baseball history. I know some people say Babe Ruth. To me, it was Barry Bonds all the way. And Barry Bonds had a glove as well, and he had an arm. Nineteen ninety-three, he had fourteen assists. Barry Bonds was a bad man. So one and two, I have no problem with. Okay, number three, right? I got. Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron being at four. Listen, you cannot put Willie Mays ahead of Hank Aaron ever. I know Willie Mays had the flashier glove. I got it. Yo, Hank Aaron was like the black Joe DiMaggio. Okay. Actually, you see, you actually make you make the argument. He was Joe DiMaggio with better stats. That's who Hank Aaron was. All right. Uh, you know, no, Joe DiMaggio lost a lot of time because he actually because he served in World War II, lost a few years of military because uh, uh, he did actually serve in the military. Listen, Aaron was a bad dude. All right. And to have Willie Mays ahead of Hank Aaron is crazy. And listen, I'm, I'm going to tell you this, though. I don't even have Willie Mays in my top 10. I know that sounds crazy. I don't have Willie Mays in my top 10. But we're going to get into that. Number four, I got Ty Cobb. Listen, how Ty Cobb didn't make this list is crazy. You can say what you want. You know, he was a racist, blah, 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 this and that. You can't argue this. When Ty Cobb retired, he was the all-time leader in hits. He was the all-time leader in stolen bases. And he was the all-time leader in RBIs by the time he retired. Ty Cobb was a bad dude. 366 career batting average, which is the all-time record. Let me say this again. 366 all-time batting record. And this man played till he, he was in his 40s. And he still had a 366 
career batting average. Played over two years, 41 uh, years old. All right. One season he batted uh, 419. Okay. The, 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 I mean, the, the man was a monster. All right. I mean, he was in, you know, he had over, uh, he had over 400 in back to back seasons. Okay. You know, even in, in, in his last season, he batted 323 at 41 years old. I mean, I mean, what else can you say about the guy? Um, he's, you could almost make your argument that he's number one. And I would understand anybody. He, you could make an argument number one. Only thing I, you know, you, I think Babe Ruth would be ahead of him only because Babe Ruth pitched and we're talking about player. And because that, you know, Babe Ruth had that extra element, um, to his game. I know the home runs weren't there, uh, with Ty Cobb. He wasn't a home run hitter. That wasn't his game. Um, the most he ever hit was 12 and he had that, that age 38 years old. Um, so obviously I think he could have hit more home runs. Uh, in his career, he actually led the league in home runs one year with nine in 1909, when that was like actually like a big thing. Remember, guys were hitting home runs back in those days. Um, all right, but um, I got Ty Cobb uh, four on my all-time uh, list. Listen, I don't know how how you have Roger Clemens, top ten baseball player of all time, right? And you don't, and he, I know Roger Clemens won seventy Cy Youngs. How about have the guy? Cy Young on the list, ESPN, right? I mean, you know, Cy Young had over 500 wins, right? If, you know, you know the old story, right? You could hit, I'm sorry, you could win 20 games for 20 years, right? And you still be over 100 wins short of the Cy Young record, okay? I don't know how, like I said, don't know how you have that list and you don't have Cy Young. Uh, on that list, you know, uh, 511 career wins. We all know he's still, he's still got some pitching records. No, you know, he he had a rubber arm, right? He started 850 games. I'm sorry, 815 games. He had 749 complete aims, innings pitched. This guy had over 380. He was averaging over 380 uh, innings a season. All time leader in innings. Okay. So obviously he's going to be all tumbling and a lot of other things too. Hits given up, uh, earned runs given up. Obviously that's going to be the case. Um, you know he wasn't a crazy uh, strikeout guy. Um, you know pretty. You know two thousand eight hundred and three strikeouts. Wasn't Mister Consistent with the strikeouts? I mean that's still a lot of strikeouts. Um, I don't like I said. Don't know how you have that list uh, without Cy Young. All right. Number six, they had Walter Johnson. Walter Johnson was a bad dude. I got it. Well, at one point, Walter Johnson was the all-time leader in strikeouts. All right. Um, I got Willie Mays slipping to six and not three. Um, you know, he helped ease that transition when the, when the New York Giants went to San Francisco Giants. He was still leading the league and stolen bases. I think there was a bunch. There was a couple seasons. Um, he he should have won uh, MVP. I thought he got like I said, he he got robbed quite a few seasons um of MVP uh in my personal opinion. Um you look what he did in uh 1955. Uh 50 home runs, 127 uh RBIs. He had 24 stolen bases, batted 319, and he wasn't he was fourth in MVP voting. Uh Roy Campanella ended up getting it. Um listen, Willie Mays had a 9.1 war that year and he didn't win MVP. 
Imagine somebody getting a 9.1 war and not winning MVP. I mean, that's got to be one of the highest war seasons and not winning the MVP. Roy Campanella won it with a 5.2 war, 32 home runs, 307 batting average. Willie Mays had more home runs, more RBIs, had a higher uh, batting average, had a higher on-base percentage, higher, higher slugging percentage, had a better uh, uh, OPS, right? That's an MVP right there. Now, I don't know, I don't know. I didn't really look it up if uh, the Dodgers had won the division and uh, the Giants did it. Uh, maybe you know that. Uh, uh, maybe that's part of the reason. And uh, 1955, um, you know, we all know um, that's when the Dodgers won the World Series. I got it. Yogi Bear was uh, uh, MVP that season. Uh, but he only had a 4.5 WAR. Uh, Mickey, I mean, you can make an argument that Mickey Mantle should have won MVP. He had a 9.5 WAR, and Yogi Berra won, and, and you know, and uh, won the MVP. Mind-boggling uh, on that one. Um, yeah, I think yeah, Yogi Berra should not have won MVP in uh, 1955 or whatever. You know, most of those papers had a New York bias back then, but we won't get into that. Like I said, there's a couple of seasons really amazing with MVP trophies. Um, listen, I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I want you guys to do your research before you guys give me crap about this. And already, at number seven, I got Mike Trout. And this is only based off potential. I know. I know you're going to say, Mike Trout's only played nine seasons. How are you going to give this guy the MVP? I mean, how are you going to make him top ten of all time? He's already got three MVPs, and he's not even 30 years old. Already got three MVPs, not 30 years old. He's never finished less than fifth in an MVP voting. Now, now I know you can say, like, oh, you know, he, he, you know, he's not that durable, blah, 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 this and that. Listen, we don't know yet. And you can, listen, you can almost make the argument 2017, remember Jose Altuve won it? Listen, you all make an argument, he, he could have won it there. You know, uh, 33 home runs, 72 RBIs, and, you know, he had a 306 batting average, 442 on-base percentage, 629 slugging. The other league, an on-base percentage, slugging, and OPS. Now, right, you can almost make an argument, you know, he, he could have won it uh, in that season as well. Uh, listen, I'm telling you guys, Mike Trout's a bad dude. There's almost nothing that he can't do. He's like a healthy, uh, not, well, not healthy, healthy, but he's, you know, he's almost like a, you know, he's like the white version of uh, Bo Jackson, just better, okay? Um, and in the last season, you know, we almost wish he stayed healthy, you know, for what he did, 134 games, 45 home runs. Uh, 100, 104 RBIs. He still had a 438 on base percentage, six, uh, 645 slugging percentage. He's already a career 581 uh, uh, slugging percentage and a 419 on base percentage. This dude is absolutely ridiculous. Okay, and I'm t I'll tell you what. To me personally, he's already top ten of all time, and. I think when it's all said and done, he might be number one on the list if he can just stay healthy. He's already ninth all time in slugging percentage already. He's already ninth. Okay, so he's gonna. I think he and uh, I. I think he's gonna. He might be the greatest by time we get by time his career is done. If he can stay healthy, just, and we start playing baseball again. I think I think he's gonna he, may, he, he could be the greatest ever. <clears throat> All right, eight they had Ricky Henderson. I'm a problem with Ricky Henderson. 
Um, you know, Ricky Anderson, all telling runs, all telling you stolen bases. Ricky Henderson at eight. He's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time. He is what your leadoff hitter to be. Okay. Uh, Mariano Rivera, nine. You know, he's the greatest closer of all time. And I got I'm gonna be a Yankee, I'm gonna be a stand for the Yankees fans. But yeah, greatest closer of all time, greatest postseason closer of all time. He's Mr. Clutch. Um no problem with Mariano Rivera. Nah, he's unanimous, only unanimous uh Hall of Famer, okay? Babe Ruth wasn't unanimous, okay? Hannah Swagger wasn't unanimous, Ty Cobb wasn't unanimous, all right. Mariano Rivera is the only unanimous Hall of Fame voter in Major League Baseball history okay and pete rose 10 listen some people i know some people how they feel about pete rose pete rose did it all um i definitely got pete rose in my top 10 um so my major discrepancy was roger clemens walter johnson and ted williams listen listen ted williams was great i'm not gonna say ted williams wasn't great but you know you know but i'm not gonna be on this whole um Oh, he's the greatest hitter uh, of all time. I never got. I was never gonna get on that bandwagon. Now I know um, near the end of his career, uh, he batted three eighty eight. Now some people thought that was a more of accomplishment than nineteen forty one when he batted um, uh, four oh six. You know, you know that you know that was one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. Nineteen forty one. Remember Jordan Maggio with the fifty six game uh, uh, hitting streak uh, as well. Um, you know, he, he didn't even he didn't even end up getting a MVP in 1941 that year. Joe DiMaggio uh, ended up getting that year. Even though Ted Williams had a 10.4 WAR, Joe DiMaggio had a 9.4 WAR. You know, uh, I think all, it was all because of the you know you know who won the division um, that year. You know, a 56 game hitting streak. I mean, listen, you're, you're pretty much splitting hairs on who who was MVP uh, that season, and the WAR stat wasn't invented yet wasn't known yet, so they didn't really look at that stat. Um, you know, if Ted Williams never went to war, you know, he, he'd have well over 600 uh, home runs. He'd have well over 3,000 hits. Um, I got it. I understand. 344 batting average. Uh, top That's top five of all time. But he's not the best. I don't know. I don't want to say he's the best hitter of all time. I think Hank Aaron uh, was a way better hitter. I know Hank Aaron doesn't ha- didn't have the batting average. Um, uh, that Ted Williams had, uh, but like I said, it's a cute mantra. Uh, you know, being known as the greatest, you know, uh, the greatest hitter of all time. Uh, but like I said, you know, yeah, you know, I would put Ty Cobb or Hank Aaron uh, way ahead of Ted Williams. Like I said, we, I love you know, you got all the three forty four uh, batting average. You know, um, you know the on base percentage forty two on base percentage. Crazy six thirty four uh, slugging percentage, uh, but like I said, I you know I don't I don't have Ted Williams in my top ten. Um, obviously, you can make an argument. You know he's got to be in you know top maybe top fifteen. Maybe he'd be eleven uh, on my list. Um, but I definitely gotta, I, you know I really don't have a problem with putting Pete Rose in my top ten and not having uh, Ted Williams. Uh, I know I'm gonna get some like I said some uh, some controversy. Uh, over that, but um, like I said, those are my uh, discrepancies uh, with that top 10 list, especially because I thought they had Hank Aaron uh, way too low um, on that list, um, but like I said, you know, Pete Rose, he is the all-time leader in hits, uh, all-time leader 
uh, and at bats as well. Um, uh, you know, Pete Rose was, you know, yeah. I mean, this Charlie Hustle, he's everything you'd want uh, in a baseball player. Uh, missile consistency, uh, you know, uh, with the hits, was a double machine. Um, you know, led the league in doubles, you know, a uh, bunch of times. Had 51 doubles and, and, uh, in 78. Uh, you know, 303 career batting average. Like I said, so you know, you can make an argument some of these guys played too long. Remember, the, this was their only source of income. A lot of these, you know, some of these guys had other jobs outside of baseball. Some and the great ones, that's all they did was baseball. All right. So, you know, you heard stories about some guy, you know, uh guys being salesmen, uh door-to-door salesmen in the offseason, you know, um selling cars, this and that. Um, but def- but you know, but for, for the really great, great, great ones, baseball was all they did. And they didn't do anything else in the offseason. And Pete Ruse is one of those guys where it was baseball um, 24-7, all right? Um, so I know everybody wants to hear my UFC review, um, so we're going to get on into it. Um, listen, right, the, 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 the Pettis-Cowboy uh, fight, that was a good fight. I could have gone either way. I was shocked at Cerrone. Having for Cerrone, having for Pettis, uh, with that fight. Um, listen, if I'm happy for Justin Gaethje, right, and you know, and I'm getting, you know, catching Tony Ferguson. I know a lot of people wanted Tony Ferguson to win, so we could finally see the Tony Ferguson Khabib fight. Am I excited for the Justin Gaethje, uh, Khabib fight? I am not excited for that fight. I think Khabib's gonna mop the floor with him once the grappling gets on the ground. I think it's gonna be a wrap. I don't, you know, I don't think uh, Khabib's going to let Justin just stand the whole time. So I think when Khabib gets him on the ground, I think it's going to be over. All right. Um, if Cerrone fought, right, and I said this all along, Conor McGregor could have fought. I'd rather see Tony, I'd rather see Team Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor. I might have even bought that pay-per-view if they had made that happen. I don't understand why that didn't happen. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know if Connor was ducking Tony. Yeah, I said it for you Connor fans. I don't know if he was ducking Tony and he didn't want to fight him. I know Connor just had the baby. I know. Listen, he still fought uh, Don Cerrone with the baby. So I don't want to hear about the baby excuse anymore. Oh, you made a hundred million off the Floyd fight. Listen, don't want to hear that because you still fought Donald Cerrone, right? I, Conor McGregor should have been on that card. Why he wasn't on the card, I don't know. Okay. Um, or maybe Conor sitting back and winning for the Gaethje-Khabib fight. Or maybe he just wants to fight Khabib. I don't know. And and Dana White said you need to fight somebody else first. If anything, I'd rather have seen him fight Gaethje than, um, than Cowboy. Because a lot of people were calling out uh, Conor McGregor. Uh, Mazda, uh, Mazda, he was called out Conor McGregor. A lot of people were calling out Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor didn't answer the call when these guys were calling them out. All right, so like, like I said, that was my biggest issue. Uh, uh, one of the biggest issues with UFC, and, and I gotta say this about ESPN, right? Because uh, they're looking like punks on this, right? So, you canceled it this fight earlier, right? Because you were about the coronavirus. You know, and and whatnot, right? Jack Mir Souza and two members of his crew tested positive coronavirus. 
and y'all didn't cancel this card. This is positive on Friday. Y'all didn't cancel this card. No one said nothing. Right? Why? That's what I want to know. Welcome. Nobody said anything. We have nobody tested positive before, and y'all were trying to cancel this. But then, right? We had two people. Actually, three people actually test positive for coronavirus, and it was canceling this fight. Doesn't make any sense. And listen, y'all said Joe Rogan wasn't going to do any interviews inside the ring. They're they're going to do it via him sitting down um, at the booth. And, and and this and that. Um, not everybody was wearing masks. Right? Listen, Joe Rogan. I know Joe Rogan's got his own podcast. Man, oh. Joe, Joe Rogan's got some explaining to do. He did a mini explanation of why he um, didn't wear the mask. He said he's been tested. Everybody else has been tested. There, there'd be no way he can get the coronavirus. I understand. Got it. Listen, I, we don't know who so uh, anybody in Jagger Souza's team we know two of them tested positive. We don't know who if they talked to anybody else. We don't know. I don't know if they did a retest. They just said they tested people. Souza was supposed to fight Uriah Hall. He got and so and Souza tested positive for the coronavirus. They quarantined them immediately. They stayed in the hotel room. I don't know. Right? So I hope. Nobody else gets the coronavirus after this UFC event. I hope because UFC is going to look like punks if they do. And ESPN is going to have some explaining to do why these guys had this card. Well, you canceled it before and no one tested positive for it. But then you let this fight go on and yet people test positive for it. UFC is going to have some explaining to do. Joe Rogan is really going to have to get into it on his podcast about why he it was said that he wasn't that no interviews were going to be done in the ring then he took it upon himself to do it and Dana White was there for the prelims Dana White usually not there for the prelims or I don't notice him usually during the prelims I'm going to correct myself I don't notice him usually but he was there for the prelims and when Joe Rogan was going up there and he didn't stop Joe Rogan from going up there. Like, hey, brother, you can't be doing it. We said we weren't going to be doing that. And some people were wearing masks. Some people weren't wearing masks. Listen, as the pe- listen, I think personally, the only people that should not have been wearing masks, right? Listen, I would have been all right if the ring girl wore a mask, right? If the, you know, the fighters and the ref don't wear, didn't want to wear a mask, I got it. But everybody else in the crew should have been wearing masks. It looks stupid that some people, um, some of the cornermen were wearing masks and the people weren't wearing masks. They looked stupid. They all should have been wearing masks. And there was advertising UFC merch, uh, UFC masks. How come everybody just didn't wear a UFC mask? That would have made the most sense, right? Absolutely ridiculous. It was a shit show last night. Fortunately, I will say this though, right? I will say this though about the UFC event last night. The card, I mean, it wasn't the most stacked card ever. I'm definitely not going to go on that bandwagon. I thought what they did at Madison Square Garden was a little bit better. Um... I will say this though, yo, Nagano looked good um, uh, last night. Um, ended up knocking out homeboy. I, I can't do it. Uh, uh, I can never pronounce that dude's la- uh, uh, last name. Uh, was Rosenstruck? I can, like I said, I can never pronounce that guy's last name. Props for uh, Gaethje for stepping up. Um, you know, uh, doing a damn thing. Uh, Henry Cejudo, he says he retired. 
Now, I don't know if he's using it as a tactic to try to get more money. Listen, here's what you know. If, if you're trying to get more money, that's fine, right? You've been, you need to stop fighting these relics, all right? Don't want to see you going against Frankie Edgar. Don't want to see you going against your Roger Faber. No, you need to start fighting these top younger uh, competitors, right? And stop ducking them, all right? You know, be a man. Fight the top guys. Stop trying to fight these relics. Nobody cares that you beat Dominic Cruz. Only one cares is you. And I said that this entire time, all right? Um, like I said, props for Pettis. Look, you know, he looked good. He didn't look great against Aroni. I think he um, was even, he acted shocked uh, when he won that fight. Um, the Listen, Verdum, old dirty man, 42 years old last night, going against Celeste Olnick. Listen, I thought uh, Verdum was getting knocked out in the first round. He could have stole that fight. Um, he looked good in rounds two and three. Um, so props for old dirty man. Listen, I'm telling you, you could be 40 plus and still do the damn thing. Um, the Carl Esposa, Michelle, Michelle Watterson fight. What a snooze fest that one. Oh my gosh. Listen, Esposa didn't start fighting until the end. All right. Um, she's so flashing the duck away. She was so scared to get knocked out. I think she was scared of Michelle Watterson. And that and that was the snooze fest. Am I there's a problem with how much of a snooze fest um that fight was? The Vicente Luque Nico Price fight was uh real good. Props for Nico Price. That kid, listen, he got his ass whooped and he was still going after Luque. I I'm glad the um listen, this is why we have referees, right? We need to protect the fighters against themselves. Nico Price's eye was like gone, okay? It was completely closed shut. And he was still fighting. Listen, we need to protect these guys from each other. And I'm glad the doctor stopped that fight. Because that could have been extremely worse. If that doctor um, did not stop that fight. But listen, the fight of the night. Bryce Mitchell, Charles Rosa. Listen, this kid, Bryce Mitchell. This kid's a star. I want to see more and more of this kid. This kid is going to be a prop. Blum. He put on a grappling display. Okay, that was an exhibition. If you don't know, if for, for all those people who say fights aren't exciting because they go on the ground, you you, you need to watch, listen. If run to ESPN Plus, okay, and watch the Bryce Mitchell, uh, Charles Rosa fight. Bryce Mitchell put on a clinic in grappling. If you don't know what grappling is, you need to watch that fight. And and, and, and don't tell me. That wasn't excited. Don't tell me that was boring last night. Um, that was the best fight of the night. And that you know, and it, what really sucked is because um the uh the Nico Price was a Luca fight was good. And then you had that snooze fest of the Esparza Waterson. Listen, I know those two are both top ten in the world. I got it. Right? Listen, Cerrone and Pettis, they're not scrubs. And and they went at it last night. Listen, that that was I know you know I know there's a little bit more pressure on the women, right? To to put up better you know to put up better fights, put up better shows. But that fight last night with uh, Esparza and Waterson, I know Dana White was was pissed off. You had two women, right? And, you know who are the best in, you know, one of the best in the world at what they do. For both former champions. Right, Michelle Watson was a former Invicta champion, and the sponsor was a former uh, a former champion in the UFC. 
I think he expected a lot more. And Esparza could have won that fight if she had went for it, okay? And I really was disappointed uh, in Esparza last night. And um, all in all, like I said, you, I think UFC is going to get some slack um, with, how to, with the coronavirus. And people wearing masks, not wearing masks. Joe Rogan doing interviews when they were, when it was told that they weren't going to do interviews. Listen, I don't care if if Joe Rogan did an interview, but don't say you're going to do something and then not do it. That's my biggest problem. Okay, unbelievable. Um, but like I said, we'll see what happens with the UFC, and then um, and then we'll uh, then the UFC they'll have to take it from there. All right. Like I said, I told you we're going to talk about Jordan. And we talk about LeBron James trying to be the anti-Jordan. Uh, listen, a prep for LeBron James. You know, um, LeBron James ventured out to other things. You know, he's doing movies. Um, and he's proven that, listen, I can talk about social inju- injustices without affecting my bottom line. It was different in the 90s than it is now. Okay? You know, the social media like you do now. And, you know, some things are getting brought up with The Last Dance, which I really don't need to... Uh, which I'm going to get into. Talk about Jordan's uh, gambling habits. I didn't um, um, say anything about uh, uh, Gant when he was running for election in North Carolina. Let me tell you this about Michael Jordan, right? I understand Jesse Helms and all that. We all know the type of individual he was. Okay, if you don't know, you need to look it up. Okay. Um, Michael Jordan lived in Illinois. He had nothing to do with North Carolina. He was living in Chicago, in the in the state of Illinois. He had nothing to do with North Carolina. He didn't know he didn't represent Gant. And even he said to his mom, "Listen, I'll make a donation, help the brother out." But I'm not gonna, like he said, "I'm not gonna speak out of pocket about a dude I don't know." Now, could Michael Jordan have set up something to to talk to the guy? I got it. But like Michael Jordan said in an interview, my concern was being the best basketball player as possible. I know you're gonna make the argument. Huh, well, Michael Jordan did. All them commercials, and um, he did um, all them inter- you know interviews and blah blah, blah this and that. You know um, that had nothing to do with basketball. Listen, right? Yes, that is. You can make an argument that is true, though. At the same time, though, right? Making sure Gant gets elected for uh, for senator had nothing to do with him making money and earning a living. Uh, for his family, and that was what he was mostly responsible to, is making sure that his family was doing all right, all right, you know, making sure his wife and his children were taken, taken care for, which any father would do, no father, no father, especially at his time, right, would have passed up, you know, do, you know, him, do, you know, you want to pay millions of dollars for drinking Gatorade, yeah, okay, let's go, you know what I'm saying? You want to pay millions of dollars for wearing sneakers? Oh, all right, let's go. And all the other things that Michael Jordan endorsed, right? Michael Jordan, you know, is a billionaire athlete. And he's an owner, all right, a majority principal owner of a major league franchise, right? He's one of only two minority owners of a professional franchise, okay? We got Shad Khan out with the Jacksonville Jaguars and Michael Jordan. That's it. Only two. Right, so I definitely give Michael Jordan. I don't want to say a pass. It's not really something to give him a pass for. I definitely understand uh, where he was coming from. Or why he want to say anything about Gant? And I have no problem with, like I said, 
The only problem with Jordan trying to get his bottom line, I got a little bit of argument with some of my family members saying, oh, Michael Jordan's, you know, blah, 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 this and that. Listen, let's, don't jump on this Michael Jordan, um, you know, you know, didn't care about, uh, you know, endorsing people, blah, 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 this and that. You know, at one point he did, you know, when Senator Bill Bradley was running for president, he did endorse uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Senator Bill Bradley, right? And, it's, you know, and they probably will get into this documentary, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. When Michael Jordan came back for the Wizards, did you know that he played for free? He donated uh, his entire salary to the uh, to the American Red Cross. And I know what your haters are saying. He just did that for a tax break. Michael Jordan didn't need any more tax breaks, all right? So you need so everybody needs to just get off this bandwagon. Uh, they're going to start jumping on Michael Jordan's case about things that he did and didn't do uh, all of a sudden. Like I said, I thought this last dance was going to be strictly about the 1998 season. I, you know, maybe do a mini flashback, but I'll do on pretty much a whole episodes on series against the Pistons and the Dream Team. Look, some of the stuff was cool, but some of the stuff, I thought, you know, like I said, I thought we we're going to talk about the 1998 season. That's what I signed up for. I'm getting something else, right? You didn't need a, you know, 10 part documentary. It's pretty much a 10 part documentary about Michael Jordan. Listen, Michael Jordan deserves respect. Our, our, I'm not going to get into it again. I don't want to bore you guys talking about the same thing all the time. You guys aren't going to listen to me anymore. We all know, right, who the kids look up to now. Do I think our kids now should know how a bad of a man, and I mean bad in a good way, Michael Jordan was? Because like I said, you know, they've seen the Kobe's, the LeBron's, and now the Steph Curry's. The, you know, I don't think Michael Jordan is necessarily getting forgotten. Like I said, the Jordan brand still 50% of Nike sales to this day. And the man hasn't played basketball in over 20 years. You know, the, you know, I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying the kids are forgetting who Michael Jordan is. And I don't think, hopefully they don't think Michael Jordan is just like a sneaker. And they actually realize, oh yeah, this guy played basketball. I didn't know that. Um, I hope that's not the case with the kids growing up. I hope they know who Michael Jordan is. Um, you know, they should know their history, especially if you're going to be, uh, uh, you're going to play basketball. Michael Jordan's a guy you should probably know, um, you know, is, is just, you know, on that level, uh, of a brother you need to know if you're going to play the game of basketball. You should have heard of Michael Jordan, um, at least once in your life. All right. Um, but, uh, listen, I hope this documentary gets back on track soon. And like I said, I defend. I'm. I know, I know Michael Jordan doesn't need defending from little old Rock Twenty Five. I got it. But this whole hater raid, all of a sudden, are bringing up old things and saying Michael Jordan's a bad dude because he didn't want to, you know, because he didn't talk about social issues. You know, there's a lot of people that didn't talk about uh, Rodney King. Okay, a lot of people didn't talk about it. All right. Um. So and or or you know the riots that were going on uh, in California. Right, a lot of people didn't talk about it. It's that honest. Shouldn't just be on Michael Jordan. And if LeBron James, uh, you know, you know, you know, didn't talk about, um, you know, uh, police brutality about every police brutality case, and say about Eric Gardner, you know, you know Freddie Gray, uh, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin, like there's, like there's too many to name. And you know, if, I, if LeBron James didn't talk about every one of them. He still wouldn't be a bad dude. Now, if LeBron James thinks he'd be a bad dude, I'd understand because of the precedent that he sets. He needs to talk about every uh, social aspect. Um, I, I understand where LeBron is coming from, if that's the case. And if he's doing it just to be the anti-Jordan, then that's fine, right? 
Um, do I think he generally cares? I think, I obviously, I think he genuinely cares. It's like, I think Michael Jordan genuinely cared about what happened with the, uh, Rodney King beating, but it didn't need to be discussed, right? And if Michael Jordan didn't care, he didn't care, right? Point I'm trying to make is just because you care about something doesn't mean everybody else needs to care about it. So I didn't hear about Gloria Steinem, um, you know, uh, talking about, uh, civil rights issues, um, Growing up, she was concerned about women's rights, right? And you know, and I and I don't hear, ever hear about Jesse Jackson, he's supposed to be a civil rights leader, but I, I don't ever hear him talking about uh, homosexuals and transsexuals getting the same rights as everybody else. I don't hear them talking about it, and we're not on their case. So let's not get on the case of Michael Jordan, who was a, a basketball player, not talking about social issues. Because if that's the case, we need to talk talking about a lot more people, all right? So that's that's my major rant on that. And another thing. ESPN personality. She's only been on ESPN today, but it, it just happens to be that way. Listen, and it's going to go back to what I've been saying, and this is what I will keep on saying because we all need a friendly reminder about this. Katie Nolan was critiquing about Tom Brady. She's because uh, he was doing a workout home, you know, because you know he's at Derek Jeter's old digs, right? She was like, "Oh my God, you know, I don't really want to talk about it." But you just have us talking about um, Tom Brady because she's a big Patriots fan. All right, so I don't want to talk about uh, Tom Brady. Uh, he's working out, uh, about his workouts while I'm home. You know, I'm at home, and I got you know we should be talking about other things, blah blah blah, this and that. Listen, Katie Nolan, listen. It, this is my biggest problem with her. You're at home in your living room. She's what she was talking about. I don't want to be at home in my living room talking about Tom Brady working out, baby girl. You're getting paid to talk about sports in your living room. There's a whole bunch of people, millions of people who are out of work right now, trying to get unemployment, can't get unemployment, and you're getting paid in your living room. You don't have to put makeup, you don't have to get dolled up, you don't have to do nothing, baby girl. All you got to do is just wake up, sit down in your living room, you got a camera crew there, ready to roll, and you're getting paid to talk about some type of sports. I understand it's a struggle to talk about sports, and there's not much to talk about in the realm of sports, right? At the same time, though... Be grateful that you're in a position that you're in. There's a lot of people that would love to be in the position that you're in. Even if they don't even know a thing about sports. They just love to just get a damn paycheck, all right? A lot of people are trying to figure out, what, you know, when's the next meal coming from right now? How they're going to provide for their family right now? Or even just, you know, even if, you know, you don't have kids, that's fine, right? Provide just for themselves. A lot of people are trying to figure that out right now. Right, and you have that figured out. So just be damn grateful on God's green earth, right? And I keep on saying this all the damn time. We need to watch what we say, and especially if you're gonna have a camera on you, you especially need to watch what you say, even more so. All right, it's like I talking to a whole bunch of people. Props to all my listeners. I love you all. I'm definitely going to make sure that I watch what I say. And like I said, we always say this in the military. Definition of integrity is doing the right thing when no one else is watching you. And I, and that's how I try to live my life. I want to be a person of integrity, all right? Because I don't want to be called to the carpet for my actions, having to explain myself, all right, so if I'm doing the wrong thing, all right? It's hard doing the right thing all the time. I got it. But yeah, at the same time, though, we need to be grateful for the situation that we're in because it could all be worse than, than what it is. And we, like I said, we need to be grateful on God's green earth for what we have, all right? You know, me personally, I pray all the time. I always be thankful 
for everything that God's given me. And, you know, I, you know, and I think of that, you know, that he hasn't taken anything from me. Right. So I'm even more grateful for that. Um, and, and that's where I'm coming from. And that's what I'm saying we need to do. We need to be grateful um, about what we're doing. All right. Listen, I got a lot of love for everybody. I want to wish everybody safe again. And I hope our moms are having a great uh, Mother's Day today. A lot of love and appreciation. And um, I want to thank everybody for listening to me. It means a lot to me. I don't want you to think it doesn't uh, need uh, uh, mean anything to me. I know this was a long podcast. I'm sorry about that. Like I said, a lot of things I had to get off my chest. And um, much love and appreciation, everybody. Rock 25, Joe with the Craziness, signing out.